Hola y welcome back to Voz Memos. I'm your host, Angela George, and in this episode, I want to talk to my fellow creatives who are struggling to get out of a slump, people who want to try a new hobby in 2024, but just can't seem to find the time, and those of you out there who have so many hobbies that a few of them end up collecting dust in the corner. These days, time can move so fast that in a blink of an eye, it'll be May and we won't have touched any of our creative endeavors or hobbies that we love so much. So the question is, how do we motivate ourselves to get off the couch and prioritize our passions? So if you want to unlock your creative potential and make some progress on that paint by numbers that you haven't touched in months or that scrapbook that's been collecting dust, or that short story that just needs a few finishing touches, keep on listening and we'll get into it. So first of all, how do we get out of that slump? It can feel so demoralizing when you have so many ideas but just can't seem to act on them or you have a project, but you just don't know what the next step is. I find for me, one of my tools to get out of that slump is to multitask, which kind of sounds counterintuitive, but hear me out. If I want to get working on something, but I'm just not in the mood, aka the slump, one of the things I'll do is I'll turn on a movie or that Netflix show and binge watching. Probably one of the reasons that I can't get out of the slump is that Netflix series, but Whatever. We'll watch that Netflix series and at the same time, I'll pull out some of those activities or the tools I need to work on those activities uh, that I'm trying to get back into. So let's say it's like scrapbooking. I'll pull out the scrapbook. I'll pull out some of those photos and papers and glue and I'll put the movie on. And so there's not really any pressure to work on that. But inevitably, when my attention span wanes and I'm getting tired of the movie or the show, Instead of pulling out my phone and doing a quick scroll, I have all the tools I need right in front of me to start working on that scrapbook. And that's how you can kind of trick your brain into getting out of that slump and starting to work on some of those projects that you've been putting off to the side. This also works great if you're watching something with ads and there's like a 30 to 60 second break every once in a while. I find those are really good like mini challenges So for example, I'm editing my book right now. I'm 30% of the way there, but for a while I was sitting at zero. I couldn't make any progress on it. And one of these tricks that I did was I printed the whole thing out, which is another tool that we'll talk about later, but I printed the whole thing out. And then during those commercial breaks, I would be like, okay, I have 30 seconds. I have 60 seconds. How much can I get done in just a short amount of time? And it actually kind of made me look forward to those commercial breaks, uh, funny enough, (laughs) because that was my next opportunity to start working. And you can see like having those little bursts of energy can kind of build up some momentum. And maybe at some point you'll, the show will end or you'll turn off the movie and you'll keep working on that project because you've built up a slow burn until like finally you're ready and you have so much, so many ideas. And Um, You're ready to go and you're ready to like keep working on it. And before you know it, the slump is way far behind you, fully immersed in the project. And it feels so good to like be back in that creative endeavor, 
find yourself like in that creative mood. I think a lot of us turn to like Netflix and streaming for like some relaxation and recharge, but just like social media, those don't really recharge you. But if you're a creative person and even if you don't think of yourself as a creative person, you probably are. Creativity can just recharge you so much more than those shows, than those movies, because it's like tickling another part of your brain and it feels so good. So once I start like tricking myself to get into that creative mood, I feel so much more energized after that creativity time. And so that's why I think this is a really great tool because it also helps get you off that screen and back onto things that are like important to you and that energize you. One more term I want to throw out at you is the psychology term of incubation. And what it means is that our brains can continue to process a problem in the background, even when we're not thinking about that problem consciously. So for example, in my undergrad computer science projects are very long and very tedious and probably the best advice I would get is just after you've put in however many hours just take a break put it to the side work on something else and come back to it and that is often when you'll find that silly bug that's been keeping you from making progress for hours or suddenly you'll have the solution that just kind of came out of nowhere A lot of that is to the credit of incubation and letting your brain process something while you're not consciously thinking about it in the forefront. And you can apply that same term of incubation to your creative projects as well. They could be creative problems. If I'm just having a hard time with finding the next step for a project or motivating on a project, I'll be okay with setting that aside for a while and letting it process in the background And then I'll come back to it later. And that's kind of where that spark of inspiration can come from or a sudden breakthrough in the project or a sudden burst of motivation. And so by letting your brain process it in the background, you'll have given yourself more time to build up some ideas or inspiration so that you can keep that motivation up on your creative project and not waste your time because while we're going to talk about like making time for projects, you don't want to be wasting your time either because you have writer's block or you're just not feeling creative or you don't really know what to do with a project. So instead of just spending that time frustrated at yourself, allow yourself to take a break so that your brain can think about it for you. Another quick tip I'll throw in for that topic is just like, If you really can't motivate yourself to get out of the slump, just start building up a bank of inspiration for when that one day, that someday in the future, you'll have a bunch of inspiration to look back on. So like create a folder on Pinterest or TikTok or Instagram of things that inspire you for your project, whether that be baking or scrapbooking or art writing, whatever it is, like find things that inspire you, build up a little folder of them. So that way, when you're ready, when you have the energy, you'll have created this whole bank of ideas. And in some ways, creating that bank of ideas can actually inspire you right in the moment. Like you might see something that's so exciting that you jump right into the project, or it's just kind of a slow burn 
and you're building up ideas for the day that you do want to jump into that project. So on to those of you that want to try something new, but maybe you just haven't gotten around to it. Either time or cost have kind of held you back from trying a new hobby. And I think that's the case for most things is there's either a time risk to it or a cost risk. And time risk could be like, well, I want to do a quilt, but I've never quilted before and that's going to take a lot of time. I could definitely see why that would be scary to jump into. But the thing is, hobbies and creativity, like you can't put pressure on it. It needs to be something that you're okay at being bad at because it's supposed to be relaxing. It's supposed to be fun. And the time that you're putting into it is not about growing the skill as much as it is about growing you as a person. And the failures, if you want to call them failures, uh, those are the things that will like be a funny story that you'll look back on when you do succeed in your hobby and you'll laugh at it or you'll like see how far you've come. And so it's supposed to be a fun thing. So I, I would say like if time is holding you back, in that way, you need to find a way to make it less stressful and less pressure on that hobby. If the other part is you just can't find any time to put into it, you're not worried about the time it will take, but just finding the time at all, that's something we're, we're about to get into. So if cost is the risk that's holding you back, then you might need to rethink about the hobby that you want to try. For example, creating a quilt. If you don't have a sewing machine and you don't have the fabric, that's going to be a really expensive hobby to get into with no experience. So for that, it might be worth looking into a class and we'll talk about classes later, but it might also be worth looking into a cheaper alternative like embroidery. Hand embroidery is a super inexpensive hobby. You could get started under $10 and create something really cool. And there's plenty of online resources for it. The materials are very inexpensive. So just like think of things tangential to that hobby if the cost is what's holding you back on it. Some other inexpensive ideas are like baking, journaling, things that don't require as many different tools. And usually there is like a more manual approach to different hobbies that normally would require very expensive materials. Um, another idea is like look at the resources at your library. I can think of like one of the libraries I used to be a member of, they had a full on like laser cutter for wood. Like those are very expensive to acquire at home. But if your library has it, there's probably a free class and you could probably use it for free. So look into the resources available to you in your community as well to try to kickstart that journey. And then lastly, last point on that is as long as the maintenance of your hobby is easy, then you'll be more likely to keep up with it. And that's why I say try to find an inexpensive hobby. And at the same time, you can also try to find an inexpensive in terms of time hobby. Sewing is a very time consuming hobby. Embroidery is too, but it's a lot easier to put down and come back to. Uh, you can leave it out on your coffee table even. There are certain hobbies that are easier to do in chunks than others. So think about that too when you're trying to pick up something new. I want to take a moment and have a mini rant session about the term grandma hobbies. This term makes me so mad and I love my grandma and she has a lot of the same hobbies I do. 
including sewing and crafting and scrapbooking and also Photoshop. She's a really cool grandma. And so it just makes me a little mad when people, um, mostly I hear millennials saying this, no shade millennials. Um, but it just makes me mad. Like, why do we have to call them grandma hobbies? Anybody can do them. They're just affordable hobbies. Or maybe they're a little time-consuming for hobbies. But I just had some friends talk about how badly they want to buy a quilt, like a handmade quilt for their home. You know, quilting is cool. And so is crochet. And so is knitting. And so is scrapbooking. They're not grandma hobbies. They're just good hobbies. Fun hobbies. Affordable hobbies. And another thing. The term grandma hobby, it's not supposed to be an endearing term, like how we should be thinking about our grandmas. It's supposed to be an insult. It's rooted in sexism. It's rooted in ageism. And the hobbies they're referring to, there's other ways to categorize them. If that's all you need is an umbrella term, you can call it fiber arts. Who wouldn't want to be a fiber artist? That sounds freaking cool. And for those of you that want to join the fiber arts community, just know that it is inclusive. It is open to all genders, all ages, and people of all abilities. And it's just the people on the outside that are jealous of all the cool things we're making that are trying to make it seem uncool. And I've said cool way too many times. But it just makes me mad that people try to dismiss these hobbies as something that is only for retired people. That doesn't even make any sense. And an I mean, this podcast is supposed to be for Gen Zers, and I mean, a lot of us are in our 20s, and there's this mythology around your 20s where you're supposed to be going out all the time and getting drunk and partying it up. How about, yes, it's fine to do all of those things, but also, like, you can crochet anywhere. You can crochet on the beach while you're traveling, like on the plane, while you're traveling to your destination. I've seen a lot of great videos of people trying to crochet a hat before they land to their final destination. But the moral of the story is fiber arts are cool and don't insult the fiber arts community or the crafting community or any hobby. Just let people do what they think is fun. Back to our scheduled programming. So now you are motivated, you have some new hobbies, you have inspiration, but how do you make the time to keep up with it? I have a lot of different things that I love to stay busy with, but it is a challenge to kind of balance them all. So um, a big question is like, how do you balance it all? How do you juggle it all? And so I have three different ideas here. First, I make my hobbies easy to do because you never know when inspiration will strike. And going back to that book example, I was having such a hard time motivating to work on the edits, even though I was looking forward to editing and it's one of my passions. It's something I like doing in my free time, but I was just not making any progress. So I printed out the whole book and suddenly I was just carrying it around with me everywhere with a pen. And anytime I had a spare minute, I could read my book and edit it. And that's when I started seeing real progress. And the same concept can apply to a lot of different hobbies and creative activity. For example, if you wanted to get into journaling, drawing, even painting, you can minify these or make them portable enough that you can bring them everywhere. You can bring a sketchbook, a journal, even like a mini set of paints everywhere you go. And then when you have a little break, 
whether that be like before work gets started or the end of your lunch break or you're waiting at the DMV. Like you can have this hobby with you and be working on it anytime that you have a spare minute. And not only is that really recharging and really rewarding, but that means you're using that time kind of like the spare change time that you have in the day to work on your hobby. And that's where you can kind of find that extra time if you're really having trouble making time in the evening for it. And the last thing on making it easy is there's a lot of apps out there. Uh, If you want to get into reading, you can download it on your phone. You can get an audiobook. Audiobooks are not cheating. And the same thing can apply with drawing, painting, even recipes, like cooking. I'm sure there are apps out there that can teach you little skills on that hobby to get you excited to do it later. Tip number two, you need to escape the doom scroll. I will be honest, I have not mastered this. I'm not an expert by any means. I find myself with a screen time that is atrocious many days, but any escape hatch you can find to get off your phone, get off the couch, you need to take advantage of it to make time for your hobbies because you don't realize how much time your phone is stealing from you. I've mentioned it several times in this podcast. Social media scrolling is not recharging. So even once you click out of Instagram, you won't feel energized. You won't feel ready to jump into something because your brain has just been a zombie for the last minutes and hours. So in these scenarios, I need to find a way to compromise with myself. And one of the ways I do that is I'll switch to some kind of long form content like a YouTube video essay or a movie or a 30 minute show. And I'll just put that on in the background and maybe I'll do it on my laptop. In that way I can kind of open Notion or um, my notes app and I can start kind of typing away in there and see where I left off on my manuscript. Or maybe I'll trail off to Pinterest and the video essay is like playing in the background and I think in my brain, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm still like doing nothing. I'm still just watching videos. But actually, because I've switched to my laptop, I've gotten off the couch. Maybe I've moved to like the kitchen or like the dining room table or a coffee shop. I've tricked myself into getting into a creative mood. And before I know it, uh, the video essay ended and I'm in the thick of my project again. And the ideas are flowing and I don't want to be scrolling on Instagram anymore. I don't want to be scrolling on TikTok because I'm back in my project and it feels good. A huge part of this is just not letting yourself sink into the couch as soon as you get home. It is really tempting after work to just flop on the couch, turn on your show, scroll on social media. But you have to trick yourself into not doing that. And I mentioned making your hobbies portable. That applies here too. Like instead of scrolling on the couch, you can be doing your small portable hobby. And it it is just a finding that balance. Like I think there's a lot of great things about social media. I'm on it with this podcast, with my art, as myself. Like there's a lot of great pros, but it's very easy to fall into that doom scroll void. And if you're trying to make more time for things that you're passionate about, a lot of that time is just being taken up with the scrolling and you don't even realize. So finding that escape hatch to actually log off for a while 
and work on something like with your hands, with your brain, it can feel really rejuvenating. And then tip number three, if you're really still having trouble, like um, then I would suggest like take a class or join a group. For example, I have every single tool I would need to do wheel thrown pottery at home. I have the wheel, I have a kiln, I have clay, which is way more than many professional ceramicists. And yet I still cannot motivate myself to do it, except when I took a class. And the class just gives you so much accountability. You meet people, so you're socializing. You have a teacher who can give you tools, give you tips, help you learn. And often you have like projects that you're prompted to work on, which can also be huge in generating some creativity. For example, a lot of us creatives will have every tool available to us, but the prompts are just unlimited. Anything I want to make, I could make it. And sometimes that's just not restrictive enough. If I give myself a more detailed prompt, that can really force me to think outside of the box and push myself to think more broadly. Like I'm thinking about, okay, so I want to write a poem. Could write it about anything. But what if I have to write a poem in the shape of a square about being bored? Like suddenly, because I put restrictions on it, I now have to think more creatively to execute on that. And a lot of classes that's built right into it is those prompts that force you to become more creative. And I think that's a huge part about motivating yourself is just having the right prompt to action on. And I mean, the class, it doesn't have to be an in-person class. It could be an online class, a workbook, online videos, a prompt list, like I was talking about prompts. Um, These take a little bit more self-discipline, which is kind of what this episode's about, like how do you have that self-discipline making time for those hobbies, but if you feel like you have the discipline to follow an online class, then do it. Maybe you just needed more of an outline, a structure to follow to motivate yourself to be creative. And then another great free tool out there is groups like a book club, quilting club, hiking club, running club. I know nobody looks at Facebook anymore, but usually these groups are on Facebook and they're usually free to join. And it's just about meeting up with people who share that same passion and that alone, like surrounding yourself with other creatives, other passionate people can sometimes be enough to motivate yourself to do that project. So if that's the thing that you're missing, like go seek it out. Go seek out people that have the same passions as you because surrounding yourself by those people will be so motivating and another source of accountability. So those are my tips. Uh, Thanks for joining this episode of Voice Memos. Uh, If you're not following the podcast, please subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm putting out these episodes bi-weekly. And follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at Vos Memos. And I hope to see you in two weeks for episode four.